This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many of the New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com sword. That's audiblepodcast.com sword. And by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code SWORD12. Episode number 156. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I am Tom Merritt. And this is the podcast where we talk about the latest in science and fiction fantasy. Science and fiction and fantasy. You just love to put and in places. I love and. It's your favorite word. I love it. We talk about the latest in science fiction and fantasy news, discuss the books of the month, and of course, talk about what you guys are discussing over on our Goodreads forums. But really, what people want to know is what are we drinking? Because it's Christmas drinking? time. Are you drinking a uh, holiday-themed drink? Sure. Is scotch a holiday-themed drink? <laughs> it goes with every holiday, Tom. <laughs> exactly. It goes with all the holidays. I am having a Talisker 18-year-old scotch. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. It is pretty fabulous. One of, it's my, one of my favorite Elay single malts. And, and how are you drinking this particular beverage? With my mouth. I meant more like... <laughs> Oh. Up like with a splash of water, oh, like maybe on know, the rocks. I, uh, I I do it neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, although one of Brian Cooley's friends from the Commanders Club taught me a very tiny splash of water in a scotch, very very tiny, just a drop, will uh, open it up a little. So I always do that. Mm, I think you taught me that. Actually, I, I think probably passed it along me. from from him. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking wine. I'm drinking a 2010 Pali Wine Company Tower 15 The Jetty wine. What a fancy name. Is it good? Yeah, yeah it's fine. It has a screw top. I appreciate that. That used to be a pejorative, but not anymore. Not anymore. It's the thing. No sorry, Bob. What kind of wine is it? Is, is it red? It's a red. That's that's all we know. That's <laughs> just, it is green. It is. It is red. It is a red wine. I'm it's not from sure Paso what, Robles. Uh, okay. I'm not sure what compromises... Comprises. comprises it. I hope <laughs> I'm not, it's not sure what comprises. You've had a few <laughs> sips of it, though. I could tell. I have. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our our real official first section of the podcast: the quick burns. Yes, we're going to get another uh, book in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, which you might find hard to believe, uh, given that the author passed away. There, you know, Stig Larsson died uh, in 2004, unfortunately. But Swedish publisher Norstedts announced it has signed David Lagerkrantz to write the new series, which will feature the characters of Mikael Blomqvist and hacker Elizabeth Salander. Uh, and yeah, that's this it. is this is interesting. It, it's a totally new story. Uh, it has nothing to do with any of the other books except for the characters. Right, except so, for those two characters. And I don't know if they'll have others. Maybe I'm actually really curious to see how standalone it is. Like, could yeah. you read this book without having read the first trilogy? 
maybe. I, you know, I haven't read the trilogy or seen the movies. What? Cultural blind spot for me. What? It's a shame to admit it, but I haven't. You should read the books. The books no, are really good. Yeah, I, I, Eileen's read them and she loves them. Yeah, She's I've even them. seen the Swedish movies, although neither of us have seen the American ones. I haven't seen any of the movies because, frankly, I know what goes on in the books and I don't really want to get visuals <laughs> to that. I want to see so it. I don't really want to see it go down. So I, I have just let my, my mind imagining what happens is enough for me. Also, apologies to all of the Swedes out there for butchering those names. <laughs> Hey, at least it was you this time and not me. Right. Um, also, in trilogy news, um, apparently uh, Charlie Strauss is not going to be writing the final book in the Halting State trilogy. Um, this is because actual reality is getting a little too close for comfort. And, and he says, unfortunately, the NSA have done it again. To the National Security Agency analyst writing a briefing to his superiors, the situation was clear. Their current surveillance efforts were lacking something. And then it goes on to kind of describe how this is getting very close to what well, he's he pre- almost it, yeah. the books are becoming predictive. He's talking about the story uh, that was leaked from Snowden documents about mm-hmm. NSA agents going into the world of Warcraft right. uh, and, and other uh, online games like Second Life to spy and he says, halting state was, wasn't intended to be predictive. <laughs> right. He says the only, the only parts what? that haven't happened yet are Scottish independence yeah. and the use of actual quantum computers for cracking public key And with a referendum on Scottish independence coming up in September 2014, well, that could happen too. So I, 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 I don't really get why he can't write the third book and, and maybe take it even further away from the original story, like make it a little more fantastical. And kind of fix that and make it un- non-predictive? Well, he says he's going to write a near-future Scottish police procedural, but it won't be a sequel to the first two, except in the loosest sense. So it's, it sounds like he's saying, like, I am going to do what you suggest, Veronica. It just I can't really consider it a halting state sequel anymore. He's saying that to me? He is saying that just to you. Oh. I don't know if he's saying that to you, but that seems to be what he's saying in, in this article. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Charlie, for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know if he's saying that to you. <laughs> we have more serious news, Tom. Yes, we do. Uh, Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, oh, I, I skipped a story. Never mind. We'll come back to that. Talk well, about Kim, Kim Stanley Robinson writes series. I was hey, no, no, that. no. I didn't do it. You're, you're, you jumped ahead. We didn't talk about Scott Lynch. Oh, I, I flip-flopped these. Sorry about that. Yes, Thorn of Ember Lane, the successor to Republic of Thieves by Scott Lynch. I don't know if I want to believe this, but the Word Zone reporting uh, that it should be out by the end of 2014, by fall of 2014. That's intense. This is from Fantastical Imaginations. My next book, The Thorn of Emberlane, ought to be out in the fall of 2014. The fourth book in the Gentleman Bastard sequence picks up about a half year after The Republic of Thieves and finds Locke Lamora and Gene Tannen trying to get back on their feet with a major con. I liked how you said this is from Fantastical Imaginations and that confused me because I meant I thought you just meant that in the general sense. No, this is like, from this is, this, this is coming from Fantastical Imaginations. <laughs> this is from Fantastical Imaginations dot WordPress dot com. Oh, OK, that makes more sense. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, that's exciting, man. He is cranking them out. And Adam was at Wordzone says I can confirm that Scott's publishers are themselves confident that this date can be met. So I'm. Um, I'm very excited. I am. I'm just going to admit a lot of embarrassing things on this episode, but I haven't read Republic of Thieves yet because we've had so much going on. I know. And it's, I have it. I own it. It's in my queue. I'm dying to read it. Yeah. Um, 
So the idea that if I don't get on the stick, the next one could come out before I ever You're got around to, be to so read it. So far behind. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so far behind. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I've only read the first one. And you got an advanced copy. And I have an advanced copy of Republic of Thieves, and I can't even read it because I'm not caught wow. up. Wow, that's all I can say. So I'm a bad person. <laughs> you're not a, no, yes, I'm a bad are, person. Like I am personally, like I have, I have so many books, like just laying around that we've been sent. I mean, this is like first world problems. There ought to be like an injunction. Um, but I just haven't had time because we've been reading so many books for the various book clubs. It's it's hard to keep up. I haven't had a lot of free time, but I do right now. I have like two weeks to read other books. Time to read. I, Get I, I to gotta read. crank them. I gotta crank through them going to be intense but okay now you can talk about kim stanley robinson yes uh that is a book i did read 2312 by kim stanley robinson it's not exactly what we're talking about though uh cory doctorow over on boing boing uh posted up about tim creter's article on the new yorker addressing kim stanley robinson as a political novelist yeah this is uh, interesting yeah and the column really talks mostly about shaman a novel of the ice age which is uh stan's september novel Robinson is one of Corey's favorite writers. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite writers. And as a, I, I can definitely see the argument for him being a political writer because of not just gender issues, which I think he's somewhat famous for, but, but the sprawling political way that he describes the interrelationships between the planets really does bear on the situation that we see in the world around us. I think it's, it's fascinating that the, the title of the New Yorker article is our greatest political novelist, yeah. question mark. And then it, it's all about Kim Stanley Robinson. I think that's that's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot about how seriously people have taken science fiction in the past versus, you know, how we should actually be looking at it, um, which I think is is very relevant, um, especially today. Like, because because factual things are actually happening that were once in the realm of science fiction, it's becoming more... I guess in the case of Charlie Strauss, just that we just talked about, it is it is becoming in the realm of possibility, and so these things that you used to think were were securely in the role of the fantastical is now becoming ever more common and 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 possible. And yeah, and Tim Creter says that science fiction is an inherently political genre, and I can I can see this. You know, I can see a lot of science fiction in the tradition of say a Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. Mm-hmm. And being a, a commentary on, I, I think that's one of science fiction's greatest roles. So Kim Stanley Robinson, as one of the greatest living science fiction writers, easy, easy, almost obvious argument. And I don't mean to to degrade Creter's article at all, but it after reading this, I'm like, well, of course, actually, the, I feel silly for not thinking of that myself. Hmm. You should feel. You should. I'm you should a feel horrible bad. person. You're bad, and you should feel bad. We should. We're just both horrible people. <laughs> Uh, well, we should thank the non-horrible people who are sponsoring this show, um, including Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many of the New York Times bestsellers. And for listeners of this show, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. And I am going to recommend the latest Gail Carriger, uh, Curtsies and Conspiracies, Finishing School Book oh, Number 2. Um, which is available both on WhisperSync and on Audible and Kindle, of course. Um, so you can check that out. It is one credit, but you can get that totally for free without spending any money or any credits by heading over to audiblepodcast.com slash sword. That is audiblepodcast.com slash sword. Do it now. Audiblepodcast.com slash sword. I just said that. Don't wait. No, I'm saying do it now. 
audiblepodcast.com slash sword. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, so, it's not too late. I know it's it's like Christmas Eve and all, um, but you guys could still get someone the gift of an Audible. It's totally a great idea, right? A free Audible book. If you're like, oh crap, I forgot Uncle Jerry's gift, and you know he's got like a, a cool phone with an, that could do an Audible app, mm-hmm. just write audiblepodcast.com slash sword and be like, hey, free book. Hey, Christmas. <laughs> maybe add some suggestions in there, things you, yeah, right. you think he might like. Yeah, gussy it up a little. Yeah, I nice. think that, that would be nice, actually. And do some calligraphy. Oh, because that's easy. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's uh, head over to the calendar. Um, as usual, not a ton going on this time of year, but enough. Let's see. So December 24th, that is today, we have Strikers by K.M. Ruiz. December 26th, we have Control by Lydia Kang. Uh, go ahead and do December 31st. You okay. Well. I was that. That's why my voice turned up at the end of that, because I was leading into, you know, if you wanted to say it. Uh, the Bread We Eat in Dreams hardcover by Kath. Rin M. Valente, illustrated by Kathleen Jennings. Because January 7th, the floodgates open again. Oh, you're right. You're right. On Such a Full Sea, a novel by Chang Ray Lee, finally comes out. A lot of people are very excited about that one. Uh, Touch, a Queen of the Dead series novel by Michelle Segarra. Dark Duets by Christopher Golden. A Wind in the Night, a novel of the Noble Dead by Barb Hendy and J.C. Hendy. Swords of Good Men from the Valhalla Saga by Snorri Christensen. Work Done for Hire by Joe Haldeman. Dreams of the Golden Age by Carrie Vaughn. Rex Rages from the Imager Portfolio Series by Ellie Modessa Jr. Game Slaves by Guard Skinner. And Return to Trad Street by Karen White. All out on the date of our next uh, regular episode of Sword and Laser. Oh, fantastic. A lot to choose January from. 7th, yeah. Fantastico. All right, let's jump into uh, TV, movies, and video games. Not a lot going on, but we did get a tantalizing look at some of the new things happening um, in Game of Thrones Season 4, which I'm so excited about. I know, me too. I'm I'm very excited. And it's just, just a little teaser. Yeah, Coming HBO did their like did their their year end promo, um, which kind of like showed all the stuff that's that's upcoming, and um, so we see a few clips from from season four, including Tyrion, you know, hands in chains. We see Sansa um, looking a little better than usual, feeling feeling pretty good about things, and uh, King Joffrey still alive. Yeah. Yeah. For now. What's, what are you saying? I mean, he's just sitting there looking intense with his throne with his crown on. He's alive. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I don't he know has any you're saying to not be alive. <laughs> that's kind of weird. That is. Um, but I suppose we should just move on to our wrap, book wrap up. Then. I'm sorry if you listen to the show and you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I I don't think you can listen to the show anymore. <laughs> Please don't and stop. And we just lost all of our new just viewers. because of that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a terrible person. Hey, let's wrap up A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent, but actually by Marie Brennan. <laughs> I it's wonder how not, other people uh, refer to this book, because I feel like we're the only people who say the title and then go, but actually by Marie Brennan. <laughs> whose name isn't actually Marie Brennan, because that's a pseudonym. Yes. Yes. Um, hey, if, if you are excited about this book, we are doing an interview with Marie Brennan. Um, rather, we have already done an interview with Marie Brennan that will be airing next week on, on New Year's Eve. Um, so check that out if you want to hear even more about the book and some of the other stuff that she's been working on. I found the book delightful Did all you? the way through, Veronica. Um, I was very, and obviously spoilers, folks, come on at this mm-hmm. point, because we're wrapping up the book. I was very sad about Jacob, but I also saw it coming way early in the book. I mean, she's Lady Trent. It says so right on the cover. So right. you're like, well, what happened to Camhurst? Okay. Is it going <laughs> to happen in this book or another book? That, that was telegraphed. I don't mean this to sound denigrating in any way, 
But the whole Jagreet Mott thing really struck me as very Scooby-Doo-like. <laughs> I kept imagining like, and we would have got away for it with it if it wasn't for you meddling Skirland archaeologists. Well, it's so interesting because the book really does... Um, the book really does start as a kind of a coming of age story. And then it kind of moves into this more mystery kind of story. And then it really takes a turn into becoming almost like a thriller by the end. And then it kind of goes back into a more, you know, introspective kind of look at her life deal towards the end again. Like what is next for her? But I didn't find any of those changes abrupt. Did you, did you? Um, I found the sudden thrillerness, I think, maybe a little bit abrupt, but in a in a good way. I was like, "Wow, this is getting exciting!" Oh, in a really picking fat, up like, the pace like, kind of whoa, way. Yeah, I agree what with is that. what is going on? Like, this is some serious stuff going on. Um, so I, I I did find it abrupt, but also enjoyable in that sense. Um, and I I just loved this book. I I loved it. I'm so happy we read it. I think most of the people in the forums felt the same way. Like a lot of people were a little nervous at first they didn't really know what to expect and i think the the way that marie brennan tells the story the way that it's narrated um i think was just pretty phenomenal really um i'm excited for the rest of the series i think it's going to be uh it feels to me very along the lines of a laurie r king in 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 that has a very strong very inquisitive uh female protagonist and um you kind of, I mean, I at least find myself relating to her in a major way and rooting for her. And But I don't think you need to be a woman in order to feel that way. I mean, Tom, I know that you had some pretty strong emotional oh, no. reactions I'm, to things that happened know, in the book. I don't know if saying I have a crush on Isabella is taking it too far, but <laughs> I definitely... The truth I'm, comes out. I'm definitely an admirer. Let's put it that way. Like, I I think she's fantastic. Uh, and, and of course, I talked about... And even even all the way to the end of the book, my favorite scene was that the proposal thing, scene. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, but I, I loved her all the way through. I, I thought she was, fa- she was fabulous. I thought she was believable, too. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not perfect. And having that tension between the older Isabella sort of critiquing herself, uh, I think is really excellent because you don't feel like you're being shown a propaganda version of Isabella and you don't feel like you're being shown a, a sitting room version of Isabella. You're, you're, you're getting what all the warts and all version because Isabella is such a great, honest character, even young, but as the older woman telling the story that she's not going to spare herself. She's going to say like, look, I was an idiot when I did this, but I did it anyway. And here's why I did it. Uh, and it led to this sort of thing. And at the same time, she is a classic heroine in peril uh, throughout the story, and and with and I don't mean that in a damning way either. It's 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 a great version of the heroine in peril, a much better version than the heroine in peril that you might get from the kind of books that Manda would read. Right? You, do we don't want those? Mm-hmm. This is a much better book. Nice callback. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I thought it was fantastic. I mean, some of the some of the complaints that I saw in the forums were that she seemed a little bit cold. Like maybe a little bit impersonal, especially regarding her relationship with Jacob and her her feelings about, you know, ha- this is going into spoiler territory. This is the wrap up episode, so I don't feel bad going here. But we need to stop apologizing, I guess. Yeah, I know. I, uh, her her feelings and emotions after her miscarriage, and then later her feelings and emotions with having a child, um, Jacob's child. Yeah. You know, after his death, um, I think were people were surprised by by her emotion, but you know, it, it's. 
I guess unless you've been there, it's very hard to know how a woman is going to react to those kinds of changes, how a person is going to react to those kinds of changes. I don't and, think... And how people deal with these these tragedies and traumas in, in their personal life is you never know how someone's going to react and there's no wrong way. I don't think Isabella is cold, but I do think that she is not a passionate or dramatic person. And that's what people are reacting passionate to when they call her. Passionate in different ways. Passionate about she's, oh, things. She's certainly passionate about things. But in other words, she's not Manda, right? She's not all about love. She's about other things. That doesn't mean she doesn't love Jacob. And I totally got that relationship. I, I, I think that that kind of relationship isn't described often enough mm-hmm. because it's a real kind of relationship that exists. And I liked that. They could they could describe that and and it felt realistic to me, and you're you're perfectly in your rights to critique Isabella for the way that she approaches her relationship because I'm not critiquing. No, I'm saying to the to the people on Goodreads like oh. uh, you you have yeah. you have the right to say like I'm not sure I like her approach to that. That's fine, but I don't think that makes it in any way less of a novel because those are the kinds of relationships that exist out there. I'm not even saying I critique it either, but yeah. but it you know I that's that's what I love about this novel is it provokes a real reaction from people who are like oh I, I wouldn't want that kind of relationship myself and that's fine I think that's great I have to clarify the aside that I made earlier uh, I said nice callback when you talked about Manda in my mind I thought you were saying Maury. I was going back oh, to all others. Was, I thought I was, you were making I'm a talking, Maury reference, but now I remember Amanda is her friend, is Isabella's friend when she's young. See, we and would have so, never known if you hadn't called it out. I know, but I just wanted to, in case people were like, why <laughs> so is honest. talking about Manda a, a callback? Because it's like, a callback oh. to the book. That's what I thought you meant. Okay. Well, I wanted to be clear that I thought you were making a reference to a previous read. So anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that. Um, I'm I'm really excited about the next book in the series, uh, which Marie told us is coming out um, soon. Uh, right, well, not, so not Marie soon, will but, tell yeah. us that next week when she we interview her, which we totally haven't done yet. We have done. I already said we did it. No, I mean, I, I already travel. I already said it. Yeah, I know. Time traveling. Yeah, um, I love this book. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, anything else you want to say about it? No, in fact, I, I think we'll maybe I, I don't think we're short shrifting the wrap up, but we'll we'll sort of extend the wrap up into the next interview because we do talk a little bit about natural history of dragons and we get to ask Marie directly some of the questions we have. So there's no re- reason for us to kind of go over our speculation of that. Right, you know, right. She's going to give us a really good answer about that stuff. So don't miss that episode uh, in your feed next week. It's, it's really fun. It was really fun talking to her. And we're not going to do a wrap-up for His Majesty's Dragon uh, by Naomi Novik, which was our alt pick for the month, but there's still plenty of discussion happening over in the Goodreads forums. Um, so if you guys have been enjoying the first book in the Temeraire series, I highly recommend you head over there and chat with your compatriots because it is a, a really fun read and a very different look at dragons, a very different take on, on, on that idea. Yeah, apologies so for not well doing a full wrap-up for those of you who couldn't get the Marie Brennan book yet. Uh, it is sort of a, a blessed rogue pick, if you will. Uh, and there's lots of great wrap-up going on on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. We will have a book that everyone can get uh, without trouble, uh, one would hope, without too much trouble. There's, somebody's going to have trouble now that I've said that. But uh, <laughs> it's been in print for a long time. Samuel R. Delaney's The Einstein Intersection will be our book pick for next month, for January. And that is because uh, he won that honor that we talked about last week, the Damon Knight Grand Master Honor. He's a recipient of that. 
Uh, Einstein Intersection won a Nebula Award for Best Science Fiction Novel in 1967. It tells the problems of a member of an alien race, Low Lobi, as he assimilates the mythology of Earth, where his kind of settled among the leftover artifacts of humanity. And we'll have a proper kickoff for that on the January 7th episode. Yeah, super fascinating premise. And also um, it has a foreword written by Neil Gaiman, uh, which I found to be really interesting. Oh, yeah, the, the so reissue. If you, it, yeah, all, if, you, yeah. if you find the reissue on uh, Kindle, which is where I picked up the book, um, you'll get that that introduction by Neil Gaiman, which is is very interesting to read. Um, this book is not available on Audible, um, but you should have no trouble finding it in your local library or local bookstore or Amazon. Yeah, and there are no Delaney books on Audible, so I don't know if that's something like uh, Ray Bradbury, where they were just you know trying to get a deal together. Or what, I haven't I haven't found anything about why that is, but mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to not read Delaney, for goodness sake. Joe Walton would never forgive us. <laughs> Maury would never forgive yes, us. Yes, Maury particularly would never That's forgive us. That's a callback. Yeah, there we go. Now I got you your Maury callback. All right, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll start picking that up. Uh, you can pick that up anytime. Um, we're going to start reading that uh, January 1st. And actually, uh, we also have our February book pick picked out, but I'm not going to say what it is yet um, because I don't want you guys to get too far ahead of yourselves. Uh, but we are having a Bay Area meetup, by the way, on January 20th. Don't forget. Um, so that's going to be taking place at 5 p.m. at Borderlands Books here in San Francisco. Um, I think it's like 566 Valencia is the address. Um, I'm just remembering that off the top of my head. Uh, fantastic uh, independent bookstore that I've been going to for many, many years. And Alan over there has been wonderful in, in helping us getting getting that set up. And so, uh, yeah, a bunch of you have already RSVP'd over on the Goodreads event page. Um, if you think you can make it, please attend. We're going to be uh, reading selections from the anthology. Um, actually, uh, uh, live for the very first time. And, and uh, also time travel back on December 19th, which is totally not today. I sent off the first rough draft master copy to Veronica and our editor, CJ, uh, to get a, a last eyes look at it. So well, don't forget, we still need our, our introduction. Oh, yeah. We What? Our, our author introduction. Oh, we're from- going to get a forward to add yeah. to that. You're right. Okay, so it's so not it's quite final. Done. You're right. It's almost done, and that's still not definite, but we're working on it. But things are coming along very nicely, and we're very excited to share some of the stories with you. Um, so if you can make it, that'd be fabulous, and maybe we'll record it so you guys can hear some of the readings, but I think it should just be special for the people at the in the audience. Is that wrong? Uh, I don't know. That's because that uh, Kickstarters I, I think, are going to get well. The you know what we could do? Too. We could just say, "Look, we're not going to record it, but if people in the audience want to record it and share it, go for it." <laughs> All right, very cool. Um, so the next uh, section of the show is "Bear Your Sword," which is our feedback from the audience. The first one comes from Terp Kristen, who goes on to say, "It is that time of year again." As a follow-up to the twenty-three tier, that twenty-third wow, wine. As a follow-up to the 2013 Did You Hit Your Reading Goal thread and a corollary to the sign-up for the 2014 TBR Triple Dog Reading Dare thread, what are everyone's reading goals for 2014? My reading goal is going to be the same as it is every year, to read at least the Sword and Laser picks. Nice. I've made my reading goals um, for the past few years. Um, I don't really remember what my goal was this year. I'm going to look on my profile and see if I can. I tell you what, though, making goals like this is just not appealing to me. And, I'll, and it's not a critique of anyone <laughs> else why, making please. these goals. It's because I used to read maybe seven or eight books a year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Sword and Laser, finally, and thank you, Felicia Day, by the way, for kicking our ass and making us do it monthly. Since we've done that and we've stuck with it even after we stopped doing the video show on Geek and Sundry, I'm reading at least 12 books a year and probably more. So I feel like I don't need a reading goal. Like I'm, I'm well above my own personal best every year, the way things are going. My, my goal this year was 25, and uh-huh. I, I hit 26. Nice. So I was 104%. So maybe this year I'll do 30. Yeah, I like it. Plus, I just don't want the pressure. Just, it, it's fake pressure. It's not a real thing. It's you, it's, I mean, if you're like, I want your the own pressure, making. then that's great. Yeah. I just don't want <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. All right. Well, you don't have to do what you don't want to do, Tom. No one's going to force you. You know, uh, Guard started a improved version of the reading goal thread because he wanted oh. to find out how people will reach their goals rather than just stating the goals. Stating the goals is good, but he's like, well, what about what about your methods? Uh, he said he's already chucked his cell phone. What? Uh, so eight hours a week retrieved. Okay. That, that would be counterproductive for me because I do so many audiobooks on my cell phone. But mm-hmm. okay, I get that. Like, get rid of your distractions. For him, it was the cell phone. Uh, two, going to give up Twitter <laughs> as soon as my follower count is higher than my brother's. Nice. 56 to go. I just have to win first because he's my little brother. All right, everyone have to. He didn't put his Twitter handle in there. He didn't put his Twitter handle in there. Put your Twitter handle called. so we can follow you and then you can get your number higher. And then a better lamp by his bed. 20 bucks. Help, so he has the ability to read better easier i was unsure yeah, what the connection there was well i read in bed before i go to sleep so if you mm-hmm. if you have a bad lamp you might not want to read there or it might be harder to read so a better lamp would help you i can see that i am a nightmare when it comes to reading in bed as i've talked about many times on the show i fall asleep instantly oh me too i fall asleep really fast but i do do it in fact i read alfred bester's book mostly like in small chunks before i went to sleep mm-hmm. okay our next thread comes from guard again and uh, he writes, what is your favorite series? The best series is blank. Mm. Of all time, I got asked this and it really made me think. I picked Lord of the Rings, but I have a bunch in second place. What would you have chosen? A lot of people pick Lord of the Rings. A Dresden Files. Dune. Our Druid Chronicles got in there. Pern got in there. Ooh. Grand uh, Tour by Ben Bova. Mark mentioned that. Verkosigan uh, Saga. The Verkosigan Saga is great. Verkosigan. Yeah. No matter how many times I interview authors, in, and when they, even though they personally tell me how to pronounce things, I still butcher it time and time again. Black Sun Trilogy by C.S. Friedman, mentioned by Timothy. Nice. Uh, which actually is his second. The first Black Company series by Glenn Cook is his first. Hmm. There's a lot of diversity in this thread. More than you might think. You might think everybody's going to say, Dune, Lord of the Rings, done. No. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I liked Assassin's Apprentice. That's one of my favorite series. Yeah. Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn by Tad Gentleman Williams Bastard. is one of my favorites. Um, Gentleman Bastards is great. So there's a lot out there. Not that you need a series to add to, to your no. already long list, but if you want some ideas, it's a great thread. Absolutely. And then Daniel has a thread uh, about when in trouble, who do you want watching your back? Well, I like this one. This is good. He says, I hate confrontation and actively seek to avoid it. But if worse came to worse and bar stools and pint glasses were flying, who would you want watching your back to make sure you got out of there in one piece? This is particularly relevant to me because I actually almost got into a bar fight this week. This is a great author question. Uh, as Tamahome points out, Wait, I love how you don't have any kind of question about the bar fight that I got into this week. Are you not listening to me? No, you get into bar fights. Are fight you just like, this is expected? Me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Belmont bar fight, it's like Oreos. It's like cookies and cream. 
Is that so? Huh. Close together. Okay. Wait, you got in a bar fight? What's no, I said I almost got into a bar fight. Well, okay, but almost. How? What did you do? Did you throw a drink on somebody? No, this this woman, this really drunk woman pushed my friend. And uh, so when she came back from the bathroom. It was one of those. And she had to squeeze by us again. I went, please, by all means. Oh. And she went, by all means, bitch. And yeah. I went, really? It's going to be one of those. And all right. Boston and then, Belmont came out. Yeah, and it did not come to blows. But in the end of the day, uh, they got kicked out of the bar and we got a free bottle of champagne for our troubles. Excellent. So it all worked out in the end. But I was like shaking with rage. (laughs) I was like, hit me, hit me, hit me. I do not want to. I do not want to anger you ever. I I am a little firecracker when it comes to stuff. No, I know. I I am not opposed to going to coming to violence. Um, Weirdly, I don't know why. So in your bar fight, who do you want backing you up? Logan Ninefingers. Yes. No uh, question in my mind. Yeah, no, you know literally, what? Literally, it was the first thing I thought of, and I, you could not make me change that answer for the world. I, you've just totally changed all my answers because I'm looking at this. I'm like, ooh, Subutai, Thief and Archer. That's a good one from Josh. Aragorn by Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Aragorn would be good, but you know what? Yeah. yeah. Who else would you want? You know, the I only, mean, the only, the only thing I'd be worried that, about is would he turn on me afterwards? Exactly. If the bloody <laughs> nine comes out, you, it's all bets are off. So maybe so Drist is a good one. Yeah, I haven't. I have still haven't read the Drist. Haven't read the Drist books. Uh, don't tell Bob. And um, Ross says, "Come on, people, Conan." Okay, Fine. that would be weird. Fair enough. I, I would definitely. I I could probably see Logan at an, at a bar before I could see Conan at a bar. Oh, you uh, could totally see Logan at a bar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just minding his own business, having his drink. Then the bar fight breaks out. The bloody nine's there, and then mayhem. No one in this list says Logan Ninefingers. Oh, I am no. amazed. Well, you could have. Well, I didn't see this thread. I don't. I can't see every thread, Tom. I can't see <laughs> you every are thread. The, so you are the panopticon. You see all. I try so hard to, <laughs> to contribute. I can't see every thread. Um, but the uh, Logan, I like that Logan it broke down into, into a spoiler fight at the end, and then they all yeah. needed backup from people because they all got to fight. <laughs> That's great. Good job, guys. That's a fun thread. <laughs> I like that. I like that very much. Um, we had a very nice email uh, from Bethany who wrote it in and said, I just wanted to send along a thank you to you guys and the whole Sword and Laser community. Thanks to the Sword and Laser hive mind, I was able to pull together the resources I needed to complete my master's thesis in history. I defended my thesis today and passed. Sword and Laser's book club also provided a much needed respite from the demands of grad school. If anyone's interested, I wrote my thesis on the perception of the atomic bomb in American media in the post-war period. And so many people from the group helped me find the works I needed to bolster my research. Thanks again, Bethany. Yay! Oh, that's fantastic, Bethany. I remember you asking for help, and I'm so glad that you not only got some help, but it turned out to be, you know, really helpful not you know sometimes you ask for help and people try and it's fine but this is this is fantastic this is what this community is all about and i'm so so pleased to see people helping each other that's great people smarter than me helping us helping other people out it is it is fantastic so wait so she finished her master's so can we call her dr bethany now no master master bethany master bethany i like that better yeah anyway but phd is when you get to call be called a doctor okay so can we call her no Master. Okay. Master. Master Bethany. Master of Bethany's. Master of Bethany's. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, oh, hello. Was that Sawyer? Sawyer, Sawyer? Sawyer wants to tell Bethany, good job. Good job. Good job. Your hard work has been, has been, has paid off. Um, all right. So addendums. Uh, yeah. So we had the meetup on January 20th. 
which is going to be awesome. So please RSVP over on the Goodreads page. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes to that. And then, of course, check out the other podcasts over at boingboing.net slash category slash podcast. Uh, we are part of the Boing Boing podcast family now, um, as well as still being part of the Frog Pants Studio family. And they have a lot of great shows over there. Boars, Gorn Swords, of course, New Disruptors. Um, we've got Sword and Laser. That's us. Oh, yeah. That's I've heard us. about us. We're good. Oh, don't for don't forget Gweek. Gweek is like the OG podcast yeah. from Mark Brownfelder over there at Boy. I've been on Gweek a few times. It's a really, really fun show. Yeah, it's great. Um, so check that one out. Of course, the Not Playing Guys, um, they're hilarious. And our new our new BFFs over on Boing Boing. So Give yourself out. a holiday present. So many good Subscribe. podcasts. Listen to all the things. And if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. Um, we have all sorts of cool stuff over there, including the brand new trailer uh, for Scott Sigler's new book that's coming out very soon. So you should check that out. It is scary. Yeah, scary good stuff. Sigler even told me, he's like, yeah, it didn't quite hit all the points. I'm like, dude, that's an awesome trailer. You did a good job. It is scary. I don't know where this stuff comes from in his mind. I think he's disturbed. Yeah. I I can't imagine him saying like, because he he, he wasn't denigrating it. He said, it's a good trailer. He's like, there were a couple points. I'm like, your mind is even scarier than that trailer. Wow. Yeah. It's still not as scary as a nocturnal trailer, which is like the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. You're right. (laughs) Um, He's a great bowler, by the way. And if you want to follow all the discussions, they are happening over on goodreads.com. Look for Sword and Laser and call and leave us a voicemail. 415-7-SWORD-6. Happy holidays, guys. Merry Christmas. And we will uh, return on New Year's Eve with our interview with Marie Brennan. See you then. then. Bye.